Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our first episode of 2021. Graham, this is our first episode. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Melissa. Great to chat with you. Always. This is the Coffee with Graham podcast, and I'm your host, Melissa Simmons. In each episode, we'll discuss different issues and hot topics in healthcare with ACCME President and CEO, Dr. Graham McMahon. We'll also have guest interviews with our continuing education colleagues. These are monthly conversations that address local and national healthcare priorities. Thank you for listening. So there's a ton of headlines in the news lately. As we know, uh, there was a tragic attack on our U.S. Capitol just last week. And on top of that, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and COVID-19 cases are surging across the nation. But there is a bit of good news in that so far, over 9 million people have started their COVID-19 vaccination journey here in the U.S. Well, uh, thanks, Melissa. It's been a dark time for our country in more ways than one, as you you mentioned. Uh, But it is, I suppose, a delight to see science and industry align to create an available vaccine through our public health framework uh, that's going to protect communities and people like me uh, for the future. That gives me not just relief, it gives me a sense of peace of mind for the future, gives me optimism for the light at the end of the tunnel that seems ahead of us, but that fades into irrelevance to some degree in comparison to much of the dreadful and sad information that we're seeing about deaths in the community, more infections, our overwhelmed health system. And it's just worth keeping attuned to the fact that all of these statistics are real people with real stories, real families. Some of them are my own patients who've been affected in this way. So there's great sadness in the status of the pandemic right now, but there's also uh, finally real uh, reason for hope for the future. It just can't come soon enough. And a lot of us, myself included, are desperately impatient for the vaccine rollout that will ultimately protect communities of all sorts all across the country and the world. So you received your first dose of the vaccine just last week. Uh, yep. what, what was your experience like? Uh, very straightforward, just like um, I think many other healthcare professionals who've been getting the vaccine um, I see patients in, in clinic, and as a result, I want to make sure that I'm available to take care of my patients, uh, so I uh, receive the vaccine on that basis. Uh, my family members aren't so lucky uh, to be able to have eligibility for the vaccine. Uh, the vaccine procedure itself is obviously very straightforward. It's just like getting a, a flu shot or any other vaccine. Uh, you line up, get your identity verified uh, and that you get your shot in, in your upper arm and then you wait for observation for about 15 minutes afterwards to ensure you don't have an, un, uh, an unusual allergic reaction. Um, there's uh, a little bit of soreness in the upper arm for about uh, 24 hours, but uh, I didn't have any experience of fevers or uh, lymph node swelling or any other typical immune reactions to a vaccine that would be uh, expected and normal as your immune system sees a, a new stimulus to it. So since then, it sounds like you're feeling fine. You haven't uh, have any side effects or allergic reactions. No, I've been feeling fine. Thanks uh, for asking, Melissa. It's worth noting that reactions to the second vaccine, not surprisingly, are, are 
always a little different. And for many people are described as being a little worse. Remember your immune system has already been activated by the first vaccine. So when you get your second, the immune system sees it and sometimes will give you more of a mild fever, more soreness, for example, maybe even other symptoms like some fatigue or malaise. That's to be expected with the second vaccine more than the first. Uh, and I'll be expecting that when I get my second vaccine in, in two weeks time or so. Now, you're a trusted physician in your community. How can we communicate the value of the COVID-19 vaccines to patients and the public? Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really challenging issue. I think the first is to um, lead by example by us as healthcare professionals uh, demonstrating our commitment to be true to science and be true to the principle of taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of other people and signing up for and submitting ourselves to the vaccination as our commitment, not just to ourselves and our families, but to our ability to provide care for the future. I think leading by that example is first and foremost, the most important. I think the second thing then is speaking to patients about that commitment and our trust in the vaccine based on our insights into science. Physicians and other healthcare professionals are specifically trained to understand the nature by which we can trust a new medication or a vaccination. And we have to convey that trust that we've developed through our understanding of science to the patients who in turn trust us. The trust that we have with our patients is sacred, and we've earned it over usually many encounters with that patient over uh, sometimes many years. And now is a time to leverage that trust to convince those patients that they can trust uh, our insight into the vaccine and trust our insight into science to accept the vaccine for themselves and their families and their loved ones and their communities, because only then we'll be able to disseminate this protective power out into the communities that uh, healthcare systems serve. And how have you seen the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine been played out on social media? Uh, have you seen any reaction either way? Well, social media is a, is a mix of, of positives and negatives, of course. It, it, it reflects the uncertainties and optimism and delights of the community. And you see all sorts of reactions on there. On one side, of course, you see the development of conspiracy theories and anti-vaccination efforts to try and generate some traction. And on the other side, you see lots of healthcare practitioners in particular posting pictures of themselves celebrating the arrival and the, of the doses of the vaccine and their delight in being part of the, the vanguard to accept the vaccine and endorse science and the integrity of our public health system on that basis. But I think we have to share share our stories on social media to try and engage communities because it's us accepting the vaccine and in that way helping other people to see that the healthcare institutions and the professionals that, that are in it trust these vaccines too. We've seen the data. We've looked at it left, right, forward, backwards, upside down. Uh, and all over the place. We've dissected the information. We've pulled it apart in peer-reviewed uh, journal articles. We've written commentary about it. And the evidence is so strong and internally consistent to make this a, a worthwhile endeavor for our entire community. And the need is so urgent and important. 
So to have that uh, presented on social media, advocated for, evangelized, uh, so that people and disseminated, they're all the things that we want to see because we want clinicians to understand that they can accept the vaccine, they should accept it for themselves, and in doing so, protect the people around them and continue in their ability to provide the care that their, that their profession uh, expects of them. Yeah, there's a constant battle of disinformation online. And I think it was really important for us um, and the communications team at ACCME uh, to also post your picture of you getting your vaccine too, to help that effort. Now, in a recent LinkedIn article, you express your concern about healthcare professionals who are hesitant or reluctant to get the vaccine. What would you say to your healthcare colleagues who are still skeptical about receiving the vaccine? I mean, I think I think it's normal and natural for people to be hesitant about something that's new, particularly when it's something you're having injected into your body. That's uh, completely rational and appropriate. But you have to counter that emotional reaction and that uncertainty and tendency to be protective of yourself with the balance of information, evidence, and guidance from the rest of the professional community about what the right thing to do is. And we have to be cautious about not overemphasizing our natural emotional reactions in favor of recognizing the power and value of the science that's gone into these vaccines so that we can actually fulfill our our mission and our professions. I think that uh, in talking with people who are hesitant, I think it's worthwhile getting them to step beyond, if you can, what their initial emotional reaction is, acknowledging its veracity and and appropriateness, but then saying, you know, what is it about the vaccine that, that makes you hesitant and pushing people a little bit when they say the natural thing is, well, I just want more information about the long-term safety. That information is not going to uh, develop or accrue in the short term. It simply cannot. There isn't enough time in an epidemic like this to accrue long-term data. And it's not fair to hold the vaccines to that account before accepting the data that we do have and the basis on which the vaccines and the platform on which these vaccines were developed to accept them. Similarly, I'd try and encourage them to talk more broadly with other healthcare professionals who might know in depth about the vaccines or certainly read about the evidence behind the safety, efficacy, and predicted long-term safety of these vaccines based on what we know, but also call on your own sense of professional responsibility to not just protect yourself, but potentially more importantly, protect those around you so you don't become a nexus for infection uh, around you. And as much as we know that that uh, is likely to be the case. Yeah, I think there seems to be this common fear of vaccines and even the most highly educated professionals um, aren't immune to that fear either. Yeah, that's of course right. And uh, vaccines have been around for a long time and have been demonstrated to save hundreds of thousands of lives and save millions from disability. No question about the effectiveness of these vaccines and their programs. As any intervention without risk? No, of course not. But as evidence-based clinicians, we have to balance benefit and risk. And that scale of benefiting benefit versus risk is so highly in favor of benefit, both in this case and in general for vaccines, that it's important to acknowledge the risk, but not be um, limited 
by the presence of very, very tiny risks for serious outcomes. The benefits for each individual and for the communities that are vaccinated are so substantial that if we do get populations protected with this vaccine, we will save potentially hundreds of thousands, if not more, lives. And that's just here in the United States. What is the role of continuing education in educating healthcare communities on how to implement and deploy uh, vaccine strategies? Well, continuing education is uh, any approach to helping health professionals learn these vaccines, the coronavirus itself, care provision for these patients, the public health initiatives. We all have things to learn about this uh, new environment and ecosystem around this uh, dreadful pandemic. And each individual's learning needs are different. Some need to learn how to take care of patients in an ICU. Some need to learn how to implement a vaccine storage program. Some need to learn just to the details of the vaccine so they can accept it for themselves. So I think this continuing education enterprise is there to provide support where there is curiosity and new information to be gleaned. The system is here to help. And as you know, we've set up learntovaccinate.org to try and be a nexus for healthcare professionals so they can learn all of these skills and get whatever information they need from a variety of trusted sources of accredited providers to make sure that they're getting balanced, evidence-based, appropriate, unbiased information so they can make the right decision for themselves and in their communities. Great. So do you have one final message for your colleagues? I don't know that I have one final message. I, what's going through my head when you ask me that is, uh, are, are the hashtags like ouchie for Fauci and uh, uh, this is our shot and these types of appeals to people to recognize how proud we should be as a community that we've delivered on the promise of science to turn around a vaccine that none of us thought would be available so quickly. And now we do our duty to restore public health by accepting the, the vaccine, distributing it effectively, advocating for appropriate public health messages to make sure people continue to remain safe and protected from this until they are fully vaccinated and work to ensure that the vaccine is available for every type of community and not to reinforce old biases and stigmas around eligibility, uh, vaccination, et cetera. And that's particularly important in some of the communities uh, around the country that have, have been marginalized and have not been as participant in healthcare and preventive healthcare in particular over many decades. So we have to, I think, evangelize and advocate for the value of the vaccine and lead by example. That's probably the, the key message I would uh, encourage us to, 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 to share. Well, thank you as always, Graham. We appreciate your perspective and thank you for sharing your experience with us. You're very welcome, Melissa. Great chatting with you as always. And uh, you stay healthy too. The ACCME has created a database of continuing education activities and resources about the COVID-19 vaccines. To learn more, visit learntovaccinate.org. If you enjoyed this conversation, we're always looking to extend the discussion on CME. Feel free to reach out with topics you'd like us to cover or let us know how you're addressing these issues in your organization. Thank you for listening and catch us on the next episode of Coffee with Graham.